The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic? or lethargic and weak. Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now here's Dr. Marianne. Hello and welcome to the show. I am so glad that you could join me today. And today we will be talking about near-death experiences and what you can learn from other people's near-death experiences. It's a very interesting subject and something that I personally never thought there were lessons for me who has never had a near-death experience. But before we get into that, I'd like to give you this little disclaimer of that this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, heal, or cure anything. Everything contained in this show is strictly the opinion of myself, Dr. Marianne Chase, or my guest today is uh, Lynn Russell. Please, always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any concerns that you may have. And yeah, so my guest today, as I said, is Lynn Russell, and uh, I'd uh, like to tell you a little bit about Lynn, and, and welcome, Lynn. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, let me tell people that are listening a little bit about you. Uh, you have told me that you have throughout your life, been very spiritual, and you spent a great deal of time researching and studying various religions of the world, Uh, that you were also a single parent through your three children's life and family counselor for almost 30 years. And 10 years ago, you did research with Dr. Jeffrey Long for his book, Evidence of the Afterlife. The science of near-death experiences, and I, I guess that's what catapulted you into your book, *The Wonder of You: What Near-Death Experience Tells You About Yourself*. And you've developed a workshop since that book was written called *Science and Spirituality*, where you look at science verifying the message that we are amazing creatures, and how we all take an active role in creation. It also answers the question, how can we be separate and one at the same time? Pretty exciting information. 
Well, Lynn, let me ask you, what events in your life, other than researching with Dr. Long to help him with his book, how did your life bring you about writing this book? That's, uh, that's an interesting story. My, I was raised by atheists. My mom and dad were de- atheists. And it, when my mother, when I asked her around 10-ish, 8, 9, 10, I asked my mother what was going to happen to me when I died. She said, nothing, you're just going to disappear. And that terrified me. So I decided that I was going to start finding out for myself. And so that's what I've done. I've just spent most of my life searching and trying to find out. And and I was so, even though I've spent all these years research, uh, you know, researching different religions, when I read the <clears throat> near death and studied their experiences, I just learned so much more than I thought I already knew. So I was just so thrilled. I wanted to tell everybody. Well, now, how this is this is very interesting. To me, the question is, how did you find nearly or over two thousand five hundred people to, to interview about their near death experiences? Well, um, that was through Doctor Long. He would send um, send the ones that he wanted me to to the near death experiences that he wanted me to research. And so then I tore them apart, and I would put them into categories, uh, how many people had uh, went through the tunnel, or how many people saw the light, or how many people had this, this happen or this happen. And so that was, I, saw, I tore them all apart and then put them back together again. But uh, it was through the, the people who had, thankfully, um, sent their experiences to Dr. Long's um, site, which is N-D-E-R-F, Near Death Experience Research Foundation. Oh. And so that was, uh, that's how I got all those, all those people to talk to, or some of them I got to talk to, and some of them were uh, just the stories through the, through the internet. Okay. And so you got to categorize all of these because apparently there were a lot of similar stories that surrounded each of these near-death experiences. So now, how do you define a near-death experience? Is it just somebody that almost died, or did they really die? Um, In my book, although I have heard other stories, but from my perspective, the person actually physically dies. And the heart stops, the brain isn't working, they, they're just completely gone, and then they are brought back. Okay. For whatever reason, you know, they're told they can't stay there or, or they chose to come back. Okay. So when you say they were brought back, it wasn't necessarily if they were dying on the operating table, for example, or they died on the operating table. It wasn't necessarily the physicians that brought them back. It was a, shall we say, conscious decision to come back? Uh, well, uh, sometimes, no. Uh, very often they did not want, most of them didn't want to come back. 
Um, and I really feel my heart feels bad for those people because it makes life much more difficult that they are here and um, and they need to know that they're here for a reason. But but what happens usually is that uh, they have a they have a death for whatever reason. It might be an accident or it might be a, an operation or a heart attack or whatever. And so they 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 have a death experience. And when they're on the other side, they're told um, that they're not finished, that there is something that they still have to do. Occasionally, the, uh, no two NDEs are the same. No two, two near-death experiences are, are identical. So there's a lot of variations. But occasionally, the odd person would, would choose to come back and say, I have, a, I have my children or, you know, I can't stay here. But most of the people were told they had to come back, and they fought not to, not to return. <laughs> and um, as I say, that can make it very much more difficult for the people that were that ha- they had to readjust again to life here. Okay, and uh, that that had to have been just like you said, very difficult for them because they didn't want to come back to this what we are calling earthly experience. They wanted to stay in that other realm from which they came. Now, the title of your book, The Wonder of You, What Near-Death Experience Tells You About Yourself. Um, So these are near-death experiences that have happened to other people. How does that tell me, Marianne, about myself? Well, one of the things that happens that that I learned was that we all are going to die, first of all, but that one's obvious. And then um, but the, the messages that the people were bringing back was so beautiful and so full of love uh, and, and learning about their reality, that they are really actually such beautiful, beautiful souls. And uh, that was the main purpose of my book, was to share with people how marvelous they really are. Okay. And so in learning this, and I'm, I'm looking at your table of contents right now in the book, and okay. to me it is just fascinating you're you're talking about what happens at death and about illusions and creation and oneness and love and the light what i focus in on is this word love because as people that are fans of this show and listen to the show frequently know that i focus in on love and that love is the one thing that we all have to have in order to heal. Now, would you say that every, you you did say that every single near-death experience was different, but would you say that they all experienced love Oh, um, not always uh, in the very beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, very often people um, do 
they yeah. as the, almost right away as soon as they leave their body, they will feel this surrounding of love. But but um, some people have a negative experience, and those people don't feel the love until they say, "Get me out of this," or they may ask make a request to not be in a negative experience, and then boom, they're out, and they're they also are surrounded by love. Okay, and so but, really. But yeah, I just want to add a, another point. We are all one, and that oneness is through our source, and our source is love. And so, therefore, we cannot be other than love. We are love. We are love being expressed in a physical form. Okay, and that's that's actually a wonderful message. Let's explore that in a little greater depth, Lynn, when we come back from the break. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Folks, don't go away. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Mary Ann is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase, and today we are talking about near-death experiences, what we can learn from them with my guest, Lynn Russell. And just before the break, we mentioned, or Lynn mentioned, that we are all love. We were created out of love. And so, Lynn, my big question here is, what happens for an individual that hears that message but doesn't believe it? How, how can your book 
help them learn to believe that they are love? Well, a common sense. I mean, if they if they don't believe in God, then I I don't know how I can help them. Uh, but for those who believe that there is a creator of some sort, then uh, how can you not be? Where where the creator is the creator. It's the source. It's the base of where we've come from, and that 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 being is love. Another thing, when when people go over to the other side and they are overwhelmed with this beautiful, uh, they can't even describe how much love they feel. They feel a part of, they become uh, a part of everything that is, including the light, including the love. They become it. And so that's where I get that information from, is that, that you, you simply, just logic tells me, if there's a God, we have to be love. There is no other answer in my mind. It just fits okay. together. Because yeah. I, I I can see that, and that that's makes absolute sense to me. And there are so many people that are living today. They live in fear. They live uh, in beliefs that have been either passed down to them, or that they created themselves that there, first of all, there is no love for me, for example, might be mm-hmm. a belief that they're saying, and they live in fear. Yes, yes, yes. We, our whole world, you know, we're so, especially in the Western world, we are so inundated with guilt. We have parent guilt, we have guilt from society, and we have guilt from religion. Uh, and that's historic. That isn't a blame statement to religion today. It just has the way it's evolved. And so, um, and so we get wrapped up in that we're not measuring up. And in reality, how can we not? How can we not? Because we are love. We are a part of the creative force. We are one. And uh, so from that perspective... We, you know, we just, we're just, we are much more than we give ourselves credit for being. Much, much more. Well, you know, that it's such a great message of hope. And as I have read in your book, some of those near-death experiences were quite fascinating. But even though some of them kind of started out as what you might call hell, <laughs> for that individual, they mm-hmm. always ended with love. And um, the thing that I read was that this hell was a creation of their own belief system. Yeah. Is that a, a correct or a good message that I got from that? Oh, perfect. Yes, that's exactly right. They do, um, and that's that's what uh, they're they're told repeatedly. I'm try- I've got my book out here, and I'm see if I can find some statements to that effect. Um, but yes, for the most part, people are told that that hell is something that they create within themselves, and 
And that makes sense to me, because if we are love, how can we be, how can we go to hell? It just can't be. It just cannot be. Yeah, and, and another thing is, if we are part of the creative force, um, of the creator of God or whatever, how can you punish your hand for, for you know, your, what your mouth says? You know, you just can't. It cannot happen. <clears throat> and so there is no punishment. Punishment is something that we have developed here in the physical world. And that's because we are here to give physical, separate experience to the source. And we have feelings that have evolved from the fact that we are separate. We, I don't know what the man across the street feels right now. And so because we feel this, this separateness, we, we have different kinds of emotions that we couldn't possibly have on the other side. And so this is an experience to give to the source. We are giving to, 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 our, to God, if you want to put it that way. And uh, so if that, that's the case, then you cannot possibly be bad or wrong or, or you know, need, need punishment. No, it just doesn't happen. Okay. All right. And uh, here, here is the most fascinating thing. And uh, at least I know in the Christian tradition that uh, you're supposed to be given a review of your life. And it seems that that is what happens. Did every single one of your uh, people that you've looked at for this book have a life review? No, not everyone, because as I say, every NDE is different. Okay. Um, and I don't know if they stayed there, whether they would eventually have one, but not everybody had a near to, uh, had a life review. But those who did have a life review really learned and grew from it. And that fits back into the, to the punishment and hell. While they're having the life review and they're looking at things that they perhaps shouldn't have done, they're being surrounded by love and approval and acceptance all the way through it. And the other thing is that what the basis of that is to look at what they've done and what did they learn from that experience. How, how did they learn and grow from what actions they took in their life? Okay. And, you know, the one of the life review at, at stories that that you put into your book to me that was the most fascinating just as a perfect example was an eight-year-old boy and he was talking about a time when even as an eight-year-old he had a life review and he was shown something that he did that was a negative thing but it showed him the overreaching Yes, effects yes, yes, of yes, what he did. When, when they feel it, and when they have a life review, they not only experience what that other person feels, and by the way, they become that person and feel it as deeply as the other person did, but they also feel the ramifications of how that ripples out to that person's uh, spouse or family or work or, you know, their whole life. It's how it impinges on their life. So, yes, that's, that's amazing. 
Yeah, truly amazing. And it, it really, that particular story really gives gave me a sense of how much we are one. Now, mm-hmm. you told me that you would like to speak to doubters. Now, what have you found is the biggest doubter? Uh, what are they doubting? What are people doubting about this? Well, um, we have a number of doctors who, who will claim that it's just the brain shutting down or that it's chemistry that the people have had. Okay. Folks, don't go away. Answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom healing code coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit thehealingwhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Mary Ann is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase, and uh, before we get started back into our discussion about near-death experiences, I'd like to say that you can catch me on Facebook, The Healing Whisper. You can also find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and my website, thehealingwhisper.com. Today, my guest, Lynn Russell, we just before the break, we were talking about doubters. And you were speaking, Lynn, about how doctors, physicians, were talking about it's just the brain shutting down or uh, something along that line. Yes, they talk about chemistry. They talk about different... But my argument with that is that... that First of all, each one of their explanations 
only answers to one experience, it only, or one aspect of the experience. For example, it might answer to the bright light, or it might answer to the uh, tunnel, but, but it doesn't answer to the whole experience. So there's far more to the experience than just one or two things. The other part of, uh, of that is that um, many, many people had been dead for hours, and the doctor's explanations only last uh, for two, the first two or three minutes. And so, but people are lasting for literally hours and wake up in the morgue, uh, and that's not unusual. And so, uh, you know, that to me, it can't go on that long without, you know, and then suddenly wake up with it just being uh, the chemistry or a hallucination. Oh. Absolutely not. And good Lord, I, I couldn't imagine waking up in the morgue. Of course, they probably knew that's where they would be when, when they come to life. But you know what that tells me, Lynn, is we know scientifically when a person physically dies, when the heart stops pumping, when the brain starts stops getting its signals and sending its signals, that decay starts in immediately. And so it's like that the message in that is these physical bodies that we are in are absolutely capable of full and complete healing. Isn't that amazing? It is true. They, it, it, they can completely, um, Anita Morjani's book is just marvelous. Um, and she had um, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she, she had cancer for almost four years. And she was dead. She was dying when they took her to the hospital. She was floating in and out of death. And the doctor said, it's too late. You know, there's nothing we can do. And yet, when she went to the other side and she found out the beauty of her being, she immediately was able to heal and come back. And that, that to me, and she, her story is not unusual. There are many people who become completely healed from their, in their death experience. So, uh, and it's because they recognize the beauty of themselves. And, and so where that takes me is people just suffering from some sort of illness can heal another message of hope. And so let, let's kind of backtrack a little bit here, Lynn. And earlier we were talking about the, the experience of people that were told that they're not finished. And so there is something that you said to me during a break or or earlier conversations, something along the lines that we have chosen this life and we can make it what it is. If we have chosen this and if we have a certain job to do, what, what's the hope in that? What, what if our job was to be sick in a certain way? Is that question making any sense? Yes, that's a very good point. Excuse me just a second. Sorry about that. 
Um, absolutely. That we do, um, before we come here, are, we choose the life that we're going to have. So we choose what we're going to look like, what race we're going to be, what country we're going to live in, who our, our parents and siblings are going to be, if, if any. And we also choose life experiences that will bring us or guide us to our end goal. And we also uh, will choose people that will come into our life that will help us to gain that goal. But along that line, <clears throat> we, we have the freedom, the complete freedom to choose to not do our goal because we are completely free. But if we understand that we're here because we've chosen and that what has happened to us is maybe a part of what we've chosen. The only thing we don't choose is other people's behavior. We do not have control over how other people behave. But, but we can choose how we react or respond to that behavior. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. And that is where our freedom comes in. Exactly. And, and so going along in this same line of choice, do some people choose to leave this earth? And, and um, what is that choice? Shall we say suicide? Aha. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yes. If someone, I, I really enjoy what I read about suicide because it taught me a lot. People who have chosen suicide um, get three basic choices. First of all, they're told that that is not their choice, that they do not have a choice to leave. The second thing, but that's not the, the, the three choices they have. If the body that they have been in is still functioning, they can still get back into it and function all right and continue with their life. Then they are sent back. If the body is in bad condition, they can't, they can't hold life anymore, then they're given two other choices. And the one choice is to stay on the other side, but they relive and go over and over and over the circumstances that led them to suicide until they can come to a different conclusion. And the third choice is to come back, reincarnate, into a new, near, a new body with the exact same circumstances so that they do not get out of whatever it is they're trying to get out of it, try to get away from. They have to face whatever it is that, that you know, so there's no choices on that. Oh, well, that, that's fascinating. So for the individual that is contemplating suicide, the message would be that it's not that easy. You, you just can't get out of this because of the choice that your soul made to experience in this life. Yes, this was a choice we've made, and it's a contract, and we have to live through the contract right to the very end. And we can do it in this lifetime or 40 lifetimes, but it's our choice. And we, we have chosen that, and that's something we have to do. Okay. So uh, a number of years ago, 
I was exposed to the information in a book. It was called Michael Speaks. Are you familiar with that book? Yeah, well, I've heard of it. I haven't read it, yes. Well, in, in any case, that book talks about how we have multiple lifetimes, and each lifetime is a learning experience. And that at some point that you become what is called in the book an old soul. Now, do any of these near-death experiences relate to that? Well, that's a little bit complicated, but... Okay, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We do come back. Repeatedly, we come back, and that is true. However, we have a choice. We can choose not to come back, too. Uh, I've I've run across a number of people who say, oh, I don't want to come back. And uh, I think that is a choice that they can can make. Um, But the other part of that that is that um, the old soul part, if we are all one, then we're all the same age. We're all wow, okay. And so we can't be older or, or newer or, or, you know, maybe it would be a soul who's had more lives. <laughs> you know, uh, they've experienced more lives, but we, it can't be that we're older or younger. Just less experienced, perhaps, but the, okay. the same age, the same, this, because we're all one. So... This leads to the question of why are we here? We are here to give to the source. We are here because at the spirit level, all they can feel is love, peace, joy. They can't feel separation. They can't feel um, uh, the different range of emotions that we have here. And so they, they, um, they ha- are, we are here to give the separate experience to our source, to the Creator. And do these uh, near-death experiences also relate? Do we get from the source? Do we receive from the source? Well, of course, we've ex- first of all we've received the the, lo- the life force. We are the we are the life force of the source, and so we've ex- we've received this life to live. That's one. But the other thing we've received is um, that we're always, always, always connected. We are never separated. We only feel this is an illusion. We only think that we're that we're we're separated, but we're never ever ever alone. We're never separated. Another message of hope that we are never ever ever separated, and and so people are separating themselves. Is is that? That's right. <laughs> okay. Now yeah. another. Very interesting subject that uh, will kind of raise some hackles in people is that subject of evil, that there Mm -hmm. is no evil. Explain that. Well, all right. It goes back to what I was talking about. We are love. We cannot be otherwise than love. And evil 
is something that we, at this separate level, at this level, we've created it. But evil does, is not an entity. Evil is not the devil or the, the devil's helpers or whatever they're called, the limps. That um, just doesn't happen. That's an illusion. That is not a, that, that's something that we've created and made up. And, uh, and the only evil is our own creations. And we can decide, as you've mentioned before, each moment of each day, we can decide how this is going to play out. And our reactions to things, that is where the evil comes from. Okay, so we have actually created the concept of evil. And and I, I can really appreciate that, but uh, uh, so to speak, let me play the devil's advocate here. Okay. <laughs> if evil does not exist... What is going on with those situations that we are calling evil? Let's just say uh, racial cleaning, where one group of individuals say this race does not deserve to live because they aren't us. Is that not an evil choice? Uh, what that is is based on fear. We've allowed fear to override our common sense and our thoughts. If we looked at... The, it, it, race is... This is my view. I think race is simply the spices in a beautiful meal, in a, in a feast. And the different races are the spices to give different flavors and different experiences. And each experience goes back to the source. Each one of our experiences, whether it's, it's a, an experience of race or whether it's an experience of, of pain or whether it's an experience of, of joy, we send that, that experience back to the source at every second of every day. Okay. And it's, again, it's back to the choices. Well, let me just... I'll reframe my question when we come back from the break. How's that? <laughs> Folks, don't go away. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. 
If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Today we're talking about near-death experiences and just before the break I was being the devil's advocate and asking a question about evil and so here's what I how I want to reframe the question not so much about the the reason that racial things are done but let's just go back to the example of the Holocaust and Hitler was defined by most people as an evil person for creating the action which is considered evil of killing millions of individuals that didn't fit with his frame of reference which was created by fear yes but was the action itself evil ah but the action yes the action would be evil I, I guess I have to agree with that. Um, hmm. But again, I go back to choice. I think that it's it's sort of like mental illness that it, it that that I think Hitler was mentally ill, and he wasn't. It wasn't caught. It was allowed to fester and grow. And uh, and uh, so yes, I I would think that there, he did he had choices and that was what his choice was. But he also had to have a lot of people who went along with him and agreed with him and supported him in his actions. And, um, and to be honest with you, and I'm going to stick my neck way out. <laughs> I think that's where we are right now. I think that uh, the things that I'm seeing, um, the radical kind of thinking, whether it be which side, I don't care which side, when, uh, when we push and we get radicalized, that is when we can make choices that are very damaging to others. And okay. Very scary, yes. Yeah, and, and so... It is truly a matter of choice, a matter of choice to follow that action that is considered evil. But the action is considered evil, but the person themselves are not evil. That's right. And when Hitler, and we'll use Hitler or any of his Frenchmen, when they went through their near-death experience... They were accepted exactly the same as everyone else. 
and I because they were part of the oneness. And, and that I, that just brings me to the the point. That brings me to the point that um, they were accepted. They were forgiven. Yeah. no matter what they chose to do, which yeah. I have spoken time and time again how important forgiveness is, mm-hmm. that it it takes us off the hook when we yeah. don't, when we do forgive other yeah. individuals. Yes, yes. Forgiveness is for you, not for, for the other person. That's right. Yes, okay. Now, you, during the break, you mentioned to me that you wanted to speak a little bit more about the book that Anita Moore Rimji uh, wrote. Rajami. Uh, yes, uh, Anita wrote a book called Dying to Be Me. And I love one of the explanations she has in there. She talks about a big, huge warehouse. And she says that the, the shelves are stacked to the gills in every direction, and they just go on into infinity. There's just so much in there. But she says what we are looking at is one little shelf. We're just looking in one little place where a flashlight could, could light up. And we don't recognize the multiple ex, um, choices that we do have you know that we can change we can change things by our choices we can just turn things completely around and so we are given or we have ultimate freedom to experience anything in this life that uh, we choose to experience we are given the ultimate freedom to choose to heal or not to heal is is that That's what right. you're saying Yes, that's right. That's right. We can choose to give of ourselves to ourselves, too. Okay. All right. Well, Lynn, we have about five minutes left. I'd like you to speak to the things that you learned about creation. I love that chapter because it shows one of the things that happened when people died was they became everything. They became the universe. Everything was them and they were everything. And they recognized that they had played an active role in creation. And uh, so one of the, one of the ladies uh, in there talks about a flower perpetually opening and opening and new petals constantly coming. And uh, it's so beautiful. And creation is, is, we have taken an active role in all that we know. And we continue right this very second, we are taking an active role. It never ends. That, that's, that's just wonderful that we know that we are creative individuals on this realm. Otherwise, why would we have music? Why would we have art? Why would we have science if we were not creative individuals? Oh, yes, we are. And we're very curious. We need to know answers. And that is a beautiful part of us because we we will keep at something and keep at it. And it doesn't matter about expense or, or 
you know, any of the, nothing. If we keep at it until we understand it, and then we pack it away in our little memories, and we move on to the next thing. We just love learning. Yeah. And, and so, here's, here's the uh, big thing that I'd like you to say. Your book is so robust with so much information. So here's what I'd like to know. How can people not only get your book, but how can they connect with you to to experience your your science and spirituality workshop? Uh, I'm in the process, Mary, of setting up some times, and I'm going to be putting that on my website. And, my, and I also will be posting it on my social medias. And uh, so uh, my website is lynnkathleenrussell.com. My um, and and I don't have I have one workshop coming up that's booked, and that is in next week I think just a minute uh, yes next uh, next Saturday in Nanaimo so we, tomorrow in Nanaimo BC and uh, and. So that's one, and that's through the Unity Church. And so if anybody wanted to attend that, I would suggest they contact the Unity Church in Nanaimo. And then um, I have workshops coming up in Calgary, Toronto, Ottawa, uh, Hamilton, and uh, St. Catharines. And that's in April, May, and June. So I will post those on uh, on my social media and on my website. And the social media where they can reach you is the wonder of you, what near-death experience tells you about yourself. That's your well, Facebook and Facebook. Uh, yeah. and LinkedIn. And, I, um, and, and Lynn Russell will get you. Uh, I'm on um, LinkedIn, uh, G+, and, um, and Twitter. So okay. Lynn Russell will get that. Well, Lynn, it has really very quickly come to time for the end of the show. I would really like to thank you so much for coming on the show and passing on this information and and uh, and for writing the book. It it is very robust, like I said. I always leave people with this, that uh, there were thousands of years ago a, a very wise man. He was talking about the heart. And folks, when I talk about the heart, when he spoke about the heart, it wasn't the heart that's the beating heart. It's the heart that produces love. And what he said, and his name was King Solomon, what he said above all else Guard your heart, for everything that you do flows from it. Until next week, blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.